Well, good afternoon. Thank you, group, for singing. You know, I got to give it to that group. They came from Floyd Cannon to listen to their same old preacher preach a message they've heard before. So you got to give it to them. Thank you for that. Well, I'm not sure if I should review uh, what we've talked about so far. I don't think I will. I would trust that, that you're remembering what we've talked about. We, we talked about music has uh, bo body language. We talked about the proper role of, of melody, harmony, and rhythm. So we're just going to pick up where we left off and continue. And we're going to be listening to some, some more music clips. Uh, this morning we listened to some that... Uh, Um, we listened to uh, the same music clip done in different ways, and, and it was interesting. Uh, you, you should see what I see up front here. This, you can see your mind turning, and uh, you're whispering together, and, and uh, the message is coming through. It's just interesting to me, fascinating to me, to see how this whole group is affected but in the very same way in seconds. That just tells us about the power of music. And that's what we're talking about here this afternoon, or continuing to talk about, the power of music. So I'm going to play a music clip. <clears throat> and what I'd like for you to do in this first music clip is to get a mental picture of who might this be singing. Okay? And then what I'd like to do is get a response from you. Who do you think this, this is? It would surprise me if, if you would know who the group is, but I'm talking about... Who is in your mind that this could be? Don't you let nobody, nobody turn. turn you around, don't you let nobody, nobody turn. turn you around, don't you let nobody, nobody turn. turn you around, you just keep on the gallery. What do you picture in your mind? Any responses? We don't have time to wait. Well, what I picture on my, in my mind is dark faces, smiling faces, uh, flashing teeth. Why? Well, I didn't tell you those were black men in a quartet. That's what it was. Uh, is there a place for that? That's, I guess, a dilemma, a question. But I uh, saw you smiling as you listened, and I think probably you had a mental picture. That's not usually how we sing in a church service, but I suppose it has its place. Now, I've got some more music clips here for us to listen to. There are words in that clip. In the next number of clips, there's no words, okay? Just music. And this is what I'd like for you to do as an audience. As you listen, to think about how this music affects you. What are you feeling? What is the message coming through? And I'd like to get a, get a quick response from you of, of what you think that might be. We don't have time to wait around and discuss it. But uh, be thinking about what is this music clip telling us? And give us a couple of words to, to describe that for us. <clears throat> What'd you hear? In the way of the mangers, the, the song, what'd you hear? What's the mental picture? What's the message? Peaceful, Peaceful. excellent. Anything else? Rest. Rest, very good. Beauty, maybe snow on the ground, Christmas. Now, there's no words we're saying, we're saying there, now we know what the song is, but uh, there was a message coming through that you got in a few seconds. That's the power of music. All right, how about this one? 
What's the message? Celebration. 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 Good. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Absolutely. Marching. Marching. Yes. Good answers. Marching. Purposeful. Organized. Military. Tells us to pick up the pace. Let's go. And let's do it together. I didn't tell you those things. You got the message from the music itself. And that's what the point I'm trying to make. No words, just music told you that. And it's a message we understand. How about this one? What'd you hear? Mystery. Mystery. Sorry? Scared. All right. Suspense. Suspense. Good. Something scary is about to happen. Uneasiness. Nervous. Fear. And I didn't tell you those things. You got the message through the music itself without words. How about this one? Sound man, you ready? What'd you hear? Danger. Danger. Excellent. Some of the same words probably as the last music clip. Scary. Nightmare. Some child may close their eyes and hold their hands over their ears because something bad is about to happen. That's what the message was. Actually, those two last music clips came from movies with scary scenes in them. One's called The Knife, and the other one's called The Edge of a Nightmare. And that's the message that, those, that music tells you. Does music have power? Absolutely it does. You just got the message. In a few seconds, you were sure, if you were serious about it, I guess, you were sure that something scary is about to happen. So, you girls, someday you get married. Is that the music clip you want at your wedding? <laughs> no. Here comes the bride. What's bad's going to happen now? <laughs> no. Marriage is a wedding is a happy time, a positive time. We're celebrating. If you would play that music clip at your wedding, as you're walking down the aisle, it would be a gross mismatch of the, of the message and the occasion. And I'll be glad to, to show you what that... The clip is if you'd really like it. No, there's never lighthearted music in a scary movie, for example. La, 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 everything's great, da, 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 da. No, you can tell where the scary parts are in the, music, in the movie just by listening. Neither will there be a scary music in a pleasant movie scene. There's a clash of messages. So I hope you're getting the point here today. Music in and of itself, oftentimes, I won't say always, but oftentimes has power to give a powerful message. <clears throat> Before I give this next clip, let me give you a better background on how this clip came to be. So in Russia, this is before the Ukraine, Ukraine situation, okay? It's been however many years ago. It's a conductor in Russia uh, of the St. Peter's Chamber Choir. And he wrote a piece of music based on Psalm 130, verses 1 or 2. Let's turn to it. Psalm 130. <clears throat> Psalm 130, verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> it says, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord, 
Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. And this conductor wrote a piece of music with that scripture in mind. And in that song, he put some low E notes that would have to be sung by somebody. And after that song was written, the search began to find somebody who could actually sing a low E. I'm not a piano guy, but I think a low E is the fifth note up from the bottom of the piano. Okay? That is way down there for a voice to be able to reach that. So they searched the world over to find a bass singer who could sing that note. And they found several men who could reach the low E, but were straining to reach it. And they found a man by the name of Tim Storms, who, by the way, holds the world's record of producing the lowest human note ever. And so Tim Storms went to Russia and sang with the St. Peter's Chamber Choir. And not only could Tim sing that low E, with ease, but could actually sing two octaves lower than that. Clean off the piano. And because he was not straining, the note, the, the, the voice was, was relaxed. And that's what the composer was wishing for. And any of you guys or people who are concerned about the way your voice sounds would understand why that conductor would want someone who could sing that note in a relaxed way. Actually, Tim Storms not only holds the world's record lowest voice, the note, but he also holds the world's record for the most octaves in the voice, ten octaves. Amazing. This one is a quieter uh, clip. It's also longer than most of the, the uh, clips I have, actually almost two minutes long, something like that. But Psalm 130. I think the choir is possibly singing in Latin, I'm not sure. And Tim Storms, of course, is singing in English. But listen to this. I don't know if you could hear that very well or not. Anybody want to try for low E? You bass guys, as y'all are seeing up here today, great job. But that wasn't a low E I don't think you were trying to reach. Now, I was watching as, as you were listening. And I wish you could see yourselves. I can tell that you were listening. Intently listening. And I manipulative preacher that I am, I purposely gave you a little background to set you up, okay, so you would listen. 
And here's my point with this. Music can grab our attention like almost nothing else. Does the devil know that? I think he does. And that's why we need to be diligent in our music choices. Music has a way of grabbing us and say, pay attention to this. Interestingly enough, on the other hand, we also can, are capable of listening to music in the background and really not paying attention to it. But yet it's there and there's messages coming through. And I'm not going to get into the argument of subconscious messages that are coming through music. That's another day's argument. There's different opinions about that. But my point is, music has the ability to grab our attention. And as you thought about that man with the amazing voice, you listen for it. By the way, the words of that song, what, what words would you put with it in the description of what you heard? I would guess you would say peaceful, thoughtful, uh, a man crying out to God for help. Some of those things from Psalm 130. Sound man, you may want to be ready. Next few clips are a little different. It might surprise you. You may say, well, that's not music, but I think it is. And as you listen, be ready to give what comes to your mind. Okay? You ready? Fourteen seconds worth of a whipple wheel. What comes to mind? Probably different for everyone. Some, but somebody. Summertime. Summertime. Excellent. Time to plant corn. <laughs> Time to plant corn. For me, it's the edge of the woods. It's night. It's peaceful. It's beautiful. It's so good to hear the whippoorwill with the silence in the woods that's been for months. So my point is, even though you say, well, that's not music, my point is, is that sound in, in itself can bring a message. And maybe you thought about twinkling stars or a beautiful mu uh, moon. God's music has power. And by the sound, you can tell where this was recorded. Where is that? Somebody. Ocean. That seagull is at the beach. And the sound gave you the clue of where that was. You can f almost, if you love the beach, you've been there, you've heard those sounds. Maybe you can feel the power of the waves in a few seconds. It takes you there by listening to it. Where does this one take you? Come on. There we go. <laughs> Ten seconds of Grandpa Frog. To me, it takes me to a pond and maybe fishing, and it's night and it's beautiful. And even the sound takes me there, brings it to my mind. It's the power of what we hear. This one does something different. He got it. It's a mosquito, and maybe it made you feel itchy and like, get away from me. The sound gave you a clue to what, the, what was happening. Here's something different.
That's not a child in the back of the auditorium. That's the recording. Let me do that again. Now that's a sound we all love. There's smiles all over the audience. There's something coming through, a message coming through in what you heard. What, what was the message? Somebody. Happy baby. happy baby. Excellent. Yes. If it was in a church service, probably an unhappy mom. Probably. <laughs> but we love it. it. Smiles all over this audience. No words are involved. But this happiness, this joy, this innocence... Enjoying life with a child. Good relationships. Now, Sam, man, this next clip is a little louder. And a little different. And a little silly. So I don't have a, a chorus at home of dogs to sing that for us, but it is a recording. I don't know if it's real dogs, I doubt it. But um, not only was that a little silly that brought smiles over this audience, but just the whole thing of singing a happy birthday would bring a message of, I don't know, family, good times with others, cheering someone on in life. Uh, the happy birthday song is shallow and lighthearted, but we have some associations that go with that song. Happy family times and so on. Children growing up and so on. All right, this, let's get back to the real thing here. What does this message in this song without words bring to your mind? What would you hear? How would you describe it? Thoughtful. Good. Mm -hmm. A few of us probably hear is like, wish I could do that. Like, I, my th that's what my thoughts were. But probably most of us would, would say calm. Beautiful, peaceful, restful, thoughtful. <clears throat> Music has power, even without words, that we got a message. And I don't know if you got all the same messages and all those clips, but a lot of us did get the same message. And I hope I've made my point here. Music has a power that affects us. There's a message coming through. <clears throat> In seconds, most of us was getting the message of the music. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a powerful thing? And if music has the power to affect us and to a message to reach us, then that means that music in and of itself is a moral issue. <clears throat> I would say this, that music is communication. Music is communication. And I would like to suggest three zones of communication. Now, we, what we call the social zone, and a lot of that's happening here this weekend and and that's the way it's supposed to be social zone that's where we communicate with others in a relaxed way with a proper distance between them between us we can associate together guys and girls and uh, older people and younger people and so on there's a properness is God made us social we communicate there's also the personal zone personal zone that's a little closer that's where in this meeting you will pull your friend aside and say, hey, this or that or whatever. Uh, it's closer than you do with anybody else, maybe. Uh, maybe with a family member or somebody who's your close friend. So the social zone, then the personal zone, 
Then we have the intimate zone. That's the whisper in the ear sort of communication. The young people, if, if a guy or girl will pull you aside and start whispering in your ear, you might probably should be a little uncomfortable with that because that's kind of crossing a line, right? We, we want to be careful about that. The intimate zone, we need to be careful about that. Uh, if someone that's not your family member or not your husband or not your wife uh, would invade our intimate zone of communication, it's inappropriate. And I believe that music has the power to bypass all the proper natural reservations that we have around us, can bypass all that and go straight to the intimate zone in a lot of ways. And that's the level of communication in which we share emotions and dreams and hopes and personal ambitions and the thing that, things that my heart loves. And when our intimate zone is invaded, we need to be really careful. Whether it's music or someone invading our intimate zone. If a young man here would, a girl would invade his intimate zone in communication, we would label that as uh, inappropriate. And the same way if a guy would do that to a girl. So why would we think that when music bypasses the social and personal zone and goes straight into the intimate zone, how is it, why is it okay for some singer of questionable character to whisper ideas and suggestions, messages in our earbuds through compromised music? That, that's what I'm trying to drive at here. And you, you know as well as I do that music of, secular music of today is saturated with sensual messages and it's not even appropriate to talk about those things here in this kind of a setting but we know that secular music is full of it <clears throat> is it in Christian music I let you think about that I think in some cases it is now I'd like to play a few more music samples for us to consider and this is the point in which I struggled probably the most in preparing this because this is not something that we do. Probably the hardest thing I've grappled with in, in actual preaching in 25 years I've preached. I realize we ought not to light a, we ought to not, how do I say this? We ought to light a candle rather than curse the darkness and say bad, bad, bad. There's music at bad, that, there. We, we know that that's out there. I'm not here to saying that's all spent all our time saying the bad music out there. At the same time, I know of no better way to, for us to understand what we're talking about than to listen to something together. So, I got special permission deliberately to do this here today. And I'm not going to put the person who gave me that permission on the spot. But I was try to be very careful and respectful. This is not something we usually do. So here's the rules I gave myself <clears throat> as I thought about playing what I would think is inappropriate music. First of all, there will be no secular music. We're not going to play music of the world here. Okay? We already know that wrong stuff is out there. We know we should not be involved in it. We don't need to fill our minds with junk just so we can say bad, bad. So everything that I'm just about to play here is going to be familiar music, and some of them right out of the songbooks, okay? Familiar hymn. No secular music. It's the first rule I had. There will be no wrong lyrics. In fact, if we can, we're going to turn to these songs in our hymnals. And my purpose here is not to give the music of the world any exposure, but to rather to get us to think seriously about what is classified as Christian, but mimics the music of the world. You young people today have a gigantic selection of music to choose from. Anything that is possible is there. <clears throat> when I was your age, <clears throat> I think music was a little more organized or separated, you know, you had rock, and then you had country, and then you had bluegrass, and, and so on. And, and today it's a lot more mixtures. 
Um, so there, there's any, any blend that you can imagine is out there and probably a lot that you can't imagine. So we need to be discerning. So new, rule number one, no secular music. Rule number two that I gave myself that each questionable music clip that I'll play here is going to be short. Just enough for us to understand what we're talking about. Remember, we only took a few seconds to get a message as I played some of those clips this morning. Thirdly, my, my third rule was that each, with each short musical clip of questionable music, I will also play a sample of something good and wholesome. Okay? So we're not just filling our minds with something questionable. And so we have something appropriate to compare it with and to be able, a hope, to actually be able to hear the difference and be more than just a vague theory. Okay. So, <clears throat> as your speaker, I'm lowering my head on the chopping block. And I understand the hesitation about playing music in a service. And probably for most of us, this is not something we would normally do. And probably will be frowned on pretty, pretty severely in some cases. I don't think anybody will be scarred for life. I hope not. By a few seconds of what I consider inappropriate. So I want to be respectful, but uh, we need to have something, I think, to, uh, to be able to hear together. Now, what you're about to hear here is going to make you uncomfortable, okay? It's going to make me uncomfortable, especially here in this setting. But one of the points I'd really like to hammer home here is why would this music be, feel uncomfortable in this setting, but I can listen to the same music on my way home? this afternoon. Does that make sense? See the, the um, inconsistency of that? Uh, understand, I'm not accusing anyone of liking this type of music. I'm just saying we need to be consistent. We need to be serious about uh, what we're listening to and why sh would it be uncomfortable here in this setting, but okay when nobody else is listening. Because we know that God is listening all the time, everywhere. And by the way, young people, private listening is where the battle of music is won or lost. Really. Some of what I'm about to play here sounds sacrilegious. And the words are not the problem. It's the music and the message that goes with it. And if I offend somebody, I'm sorry. My heart here is to make a stark contrast. So I'm calling these music clips... Music has body language and association. And we've already talked about body language. Uh, music has associations with it as well. We need to think about that. As we listen to these music clips, think about what the intended message is, was intended for the song, but what is the message that comes through that the music is carrying with it. Okay? Now, all the words, all the words in these music clips are good. But the message that the music, is it consistent with the words? So let's say we have the, the, the purple hymnals there, hymns of the church, turn to 806. Eight hundred and six. In fact, let's sing it together. One verse. Verse one. When peace like a river. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like the billows roll. What It is 
we think about those words, if you really think about it, it'll bring tears to your eyes. The incredible privilege you and I have to be at peace with God. It is well with my soul. What a tremendous sense of peace that is. And when you think about that possibility that we can be right with God through the provisions of Christ, it's an amazing thing. So think about the message of the words as we listen to this music clip. And sound man, are you ready? Nobody's sleeping here. Maybe feel like throwing up instead. The words are the same as what we just sang. But was the message the same? No. Now I understand I'm doing kind of a, a drastic thing here to emphasize my point. Not all compromised music is this disgusting. But in my view, here's my personal preference, the ver that version of that song totally destroyed the intended message. Destroyed it. You know what it sounded like to me? There was defiance, arrogance, pride, rebellion in the voice. The music sounds angry and violent. It sounds in your face it is well with my soul, and if you don't like it, I'll rearrange your face. That's what it sounded like to me. It is well with my soul as I scream that. Makes no sense to me. It's a gross mismatch of the words and the, the message of the song. I don't know the heart of that singer or that group. Maybe they're sincere. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But that, in my mind, does not bring the, song, the, the message of the intended, uh, that was intended for that song. Now for the contrast. Same song. No words, just an instrumental. A little bit longer clip, about a minute and a half. Again, think about the words and the message that the song or the music itself is sending. Do they complement each other? Like it, they complement each other. I know we have all have different opinions about it, but I think it's a lot better version than the other one that we played. I have a version here or a clip of the song We Three Kings of Orient Are. It's not in our hymnals, I don't think, uh, and it's done in rap style. Okay. See what you think of this.
Boy, it's quiet in here. Do you think those wise men came to Bethlehem on camels with dark sunglasses on, their hats on backwards, and their pants hanging low? (laughs) Did they come into the presence of the Messiah and say, yo, man, what up? We heard there's a new dude in the hood. Now, I'm not making fun of a culture that we see being lived out in our day. But let me pause here and clarify something. When I'm talking about culture, some people would be offended by what I just said. And let me say something about different cultures. Most of us would probably be uncomfortable if we would take a a service in Africa, let's say, and kind of take that church service, bring it right here, plop, and this is what they do, just like they do it over there. We'd probably be uncomfortable, you know, bright colors, they're clapping, and the pig walks in the back door and roots underneath your bench. We'd like, yeah. We're not familiar with that. That's different. But, here's my opinion, in that culture, with what they're used to, and they're, if, if that group of people are honestly worshiping God, let them clap. I think the Lord is pleased. That's my opinion. Now, I just made a reference a bit ago to what would you call it? A hip-hop culture that we see being lived out in our world. And how that culture is brought right into a beautiful song and I think destroyed it because of that culture. Now, we, maybe we'd all have different opinions about whether or not that's proper. I don't think it is. And why don't I think it's proper? Because it's a culture that generally shakes its fists in God's face in defiance. I'm going to do life my way. There's a lot of other cultures we could talk about. Country music culture and rock and roll and, and all these things. And it really, really bothers me and thinking of the clip I just played, to present the gospel with a vehicle, the music, that is so closely associated with gross violence, gross immorality, filthy, explicit language, and the degrading of women that rap and hip-hop often do. I don't think there's any way that you can use something so contaminated with filth to give the gospel a clear message, to give it to the world. It's my opinion, but I stand on it. And there's many other types of music, and we're not going to go through them all uh, to demonstrate what I just tried to demonstrate. Any music style that glorifies idols, like rock and roll and country music and, and those kinds of things commonly does. When we bring God down to our level, an essential level at that, we have a big problem. And we begin to glorify what God detests. We have a big problem. You remember the the bottles and what happens when they're contaminated. Number 552. 552. Because of time, we're not going to take time to sing this, but think about the words. I need thee ever hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. I need thee every hour. Think about the message of that song. A heart cry to God for his help. And this next music clip that I'm going to share, does that, does the music complement the words? I need thee ever. my offerings like canes not gracious and my pride is too great and spacious yet i know that my faith is ageless and i know it's his grace that saves us but that don't mean i'm safe from the wrong we all know david was great we all know samson was strong even the greatest can fall on satan's slippery slope i've learned i need him the most when i start thinking i don't i need the every hour most 
most gracious Lord. No problem with the words in that music clip. But what is the bottom line message that comes along with the words? A contrast. Same song. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. Is that better? No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my sin. some more? Tell me. You're interested? We can do a few more. All right. 676. I hope you're getting my point here. 676. I totally understand that my preferences, my, my, uh, yeah, what I, my thoughts are coming through, opinions and so on. Amazing Grace, probably this song has been played in more ways than any other song has ever been in all over the world. As you think about the words of Amazing Grace, we won't take time to sing it, but Amazing Grace that saved a wretch like me. It's an amazing thing to think about, and it's the song is appropriately named. So this first one is probably like we were acquainted with and probably how this ought to be sung. The London Philharmonic Choir, I believe that is. I believe that the powerful message of the words and the way it's sung complement each other. I know there's different ways of doing it, but I think that's a powerful way to present the song and the music that goes with it. just happened to a powerful song. To me, that sounded like Amazing Grace is a party we danced to. Something pretty significant happened, even though the words didn't change at all. In my mind, a very obvious contradiction of the words and the music. Same song, different recording. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me.
another contrast. Same song. Sound man, you ready? So, no loud drums. We know what that tune is, but the screaming guitar gives us a message, doesn't it? And rock music has been about, ever since its beginning, has always been about rebellion, doing my own thing, and immorality. In fact, if you look at the, the books that I, if any of you suggest, uh, would be interested in reading, they go to a great length to talk about the history, how this, this type of music began, and what it meant in its beginning and how it still does. How can we put the beautiful message of salvation an amazing grace to something that's about defiant rebellion. How can we put the message of, of holiness and purity on a vehicle that is about gross immorality? It's like pouring pure water into a sewer. I hope you're listening this morning, not to that music, but to what I'm trying to say here today. Same song, different recording. A little more like it. Okay, it's one o'clock. I should stop. I've got one more here. I think we'll do it. Turn with me to 219. I know your volleyball game is calling you, but let's look at this last one here yet. 219. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. What if we do... Does the same message come through when it's played like this? And so on. Doesn't sound very calm and bright to me. Sounds more like the shepherds are carousing around the campfire. So I'm just going to go through these last music clips all on this, this particular song rather quickly. And just think about the, the incredible difference in the music and, and how it brings different messages. message. 
a little longer one. Same song, different message. Same song, different message. You got to know I'm a guitar player what I choose. By the way, that's not me. <laughs> In case you're wondering. So was there any differences in what came through? Yes, there was. Obviously there was. The words were all the same, although there wasn't words in that last clip, but the same song. But the music didn't always carry the same message. And I hope you got the point here today. Music matters. It really does. And we need to be choosing carefully because music is a powerful thing and carries a message. That closes this, these sessions for today. Tomorrow we want to look at some helpful tests to help guide us in making good musical choices. Now I realize that I've probably made some people uncomfortable here today and I'm sorry about, well, sort of sorry about that. But listen, you have a lot of choices that you need to make in the music that you listen to and the music that you embrace. There's every blend imaginable and some you can't even imagine. May we choose wisely. That concludes the music samples that I have. I'm not going to play any more music clips. And this study is going to be continued if the Lord wills and if the preacher's head stays on his shoulders. I'd like to conclude today with Psalm 95, verse 1. Psalm 95, verse 1. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. This is what music is all about. Yes, I know it's for our comfort. I know it's for our encouragement, it's for our enjoyment, even for our pleasure. But this is what music is all about, to glorify and honor God. May we be careful in the choices of music and always choose that which is excellent in sight of God. God bless you with wisdom.